Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, Damashek here. Make sure you check out the new episode of the Dave Damashek football program. Maurice Jones-Drew, fantasy guru Matt Harmon are breaking down the best and worst triplets in all the NFL. Plus, we start digging in on fantasy. We're talking Todd Gurley, the Raiders, the Packers, and beyond. Check it all out on iTunes or NFL.com slash podcast. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. This is James Coe, joined alongside my family here, the podcast family. MG, Aww. my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up, man? What's going on, James? Uh, the magical beard of fantasy, the franchise. What's going on? Hey, James, what's up? Uh, the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. What's cracking? A little bit of a late start because of my schedule over here. I apologize for that, gang, but we're in now. We're together. He is, he is hashtag important. <laughs> Uh, the funniest part about that too is that the podcast listener would have no idea. They're gonna no. download it whenever they're gonna. Well, hey, I mean, they might be. It might come up like 15 minutes later on their feed after I edit it and publish it and stuff. So okay. then they're like, "What the heck's happening?" So why is it 15 minutes? If Wait, I need if this podcast. If you're stuck at work and you were waiting for the pod. I apologize. It's my fault. Okay, there you go. And it is. Uh, I'm going with this now. We've got it now. Okay, it's the wide receiver prognosticator. That Matt sounds, Harmon. That sounds terrible. <laughs> why is that? You don't terrible? like whisperer. No, I, like I can't say it, so yeah. uh, we're not going with it. <laughs> so we're, we're going with the wide-out prognosticator, I don't Matthew really, Harmon. I don't really care what you call me. It's fine. You can call me whatever you want. All right. You already call me an so idiot we, we, on we, TV. We so. call you lots of different things. <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything is a step up from idiot. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Matt Harmon, who's an idiot. There you oh. go. Oh. It lives. It lives. Uh, so then beautiful. Okay, then great. We will call you uh, West Virginia's finest. Uh, uh, whatever. At this point, I can't. <laughs> I just got to start sailing into the current. <laughs> we continue our divisional breakdown uh, of every division here in the NFL from a fantasy perspective. This week, we shall talk, or this episode, we shall talk about the AFC West Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs, and Chargers. That charges. Uh, and the much highly anticipated... Fan league update. We're going to give you uh, uh, an early entrant. Entrance. Right. One to each league. The OG league. The bearded league. Have we decided, is that what we're calling it, Marcus, since we did this last year? I think so. The OG league? I, I think, think you so. should call it the OG. Uh, the OG league is, yeah, that's strong. Okay. That is strong. The OG league. <clears throat> the bearded league, featuring the yep. franchise and West yep. Virginia's finest, <laughs> as well as the Danger Zone league. 
things out. with myself and Adam Rank, so it's going to be good. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But let's get uh, let's get this thing kicking off, man. Let's uh, talk top news. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. You know, I do need to update this, don't I? I feel like we've run its course on this guy. No, I love this drop. Yeah? Man. I mean, just maybe with, add some more. I'm with James. I'm over it. Okay. All right. You would be. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> you know what it means. Top headline yeah, out of Dallas. Ezekiel Elliott missing time. with it. Apparently, there's one working hamstring in the entire NFL. Yep. <laughs> and it belongs uh, to Arian Foster, oddly uh, enough. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's on borrowed time, my friend. All right. Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott missing time with a hamstring. What does it mean? How much are we freaking out? Zero percent. Oh, I'm not hitting the panic not button at all. at all. I'm drafting Alfred Morris now. Isn't he? Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> First of all, <laughs> what? I mean, I, I was thinking about this on the, on the way in. Um, you know, Devontae Freeman was the number one scoring running back uh, in fantasy last year, and he's, like, just been tossed aside to, like, deep late second round status, right? Weren't you the one that tossed him <laughs> there? I, I, I drove that train. <laughs> yes, I did, indeed. Uh, but – <laughs> Has anyone been tossed aside further than Darren McFadden, a, a man who generated 1,400 yards uh, last year? And we're just saying, nope, this he's not even now, just now. So what I think is funny is that you know Darren McFadden had a, he had a good year last year. He did. And people thought, okay, I, I don't think anybody was overly hyped on him, but they thought, okay, maybe he can be you know a nice stopgap for my fantasy roster. All right. Then they signed Alfred Morris, and you're like, hmm. hmm. Then they got uh, Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> and it was like, well, See adios. <laughs> that was it. So yeah, it's uh, it's interesting too because um, you know the the handcuff situation behind Zeke is, is I don't think it's that clear. Darren McFadden there, um, obviously he had a I think an, an off season injury, shocking I know. Yeah. Uh, and then as franchise mentioned, uh, Alfred Morris is there as well. So um, you know, again, it, it's way too early to to be freaking out about it. But anytime a rookie is going to miss time getting acclimated to the NFL game, that's not good. Um, and so we'll keep an eye on it, obviously. All right, how about Matt Forte? Uh, this is, I think, a lot more concerning. Mm-hmm. The coaching so. staff saying he's going to miss the first preseason game, maybe more. Um, and, again, he also has some kind of hamstring issue. So, I don't know. What do we make of this? Uh, obviously, he's getting a little bit older. Uh, it's not like he's, you know, way over the hill. And, you know, when when you think about Matt Forte, he's only missed eight games over his last eight seasons. So he's incredibly durable. Iron Man. Uh, I don't necessarily know that he needs the preseason game work. Uh, as a matter of fact, right. I know he doesn't. Well, yeah, but he's in a new offense. So that's that, what it is. That's that's, that's what it is. Yeah. So uh, how, what do we make of this news? Well, I mean, what worries me, it's it's not the, the injury. Uh, it's not even really the new offense so much. It's this talk that he and Bilal Powell could end up with a fairly even split yeah. in the backfield. That is what concerns me. Mm. Pretty definitive talk, too. Like, that's been the tone all offseason. I know we talked about the uh, the NFC South last podcast, which feels like a thousand years ago. Cause it's three days ago. God, that feels like a long time ago. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, you know, I talked about Charles Sims is one of my favorite picks in the draft because <clears> if the starter were to get hurt, he would assume not only all the receiving workload but all the rushing workload. Bilal right. Powell's kind of like the same proposition, you know, in the double-digit rounds. Straight. Right. I I actually um, – Manish Mehta, the uh, beat reporter for New York Daily News for the Jets. Yep. 
Um, he told me about a month ago on Twitter. Wow, sources. I, I asked him, um, Humble brag. does he think P- Powell could be a three-down guy if Forte were, were to go down? All right. And he said no. In that case, they'd go with Powell and Kyrie Robinson because Powell tends to get nicked up too. So I don't know if Powell has the three-down uh, abilities that some that we might expect he would if Forte went down. Uh, but he's still, I think he's still a value pick because they're expecting major touches and a split workload there. So I feel like Kyrie Robinson has been a handcuff for about 14 years. Yeah, yep. career backup. He's just had such bad luck with injuries too. Right. All right. Uh, all right. Anything else to make of that news? I mean, uh, keep an eye on it. That's for right. sure. Take Powell late. He's a good uh, bargain pick. Wouldn't touch it. Forte at his current asking price. What What is it right now? Is it still round three? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's late uh, round three, fourth at at best. So Sheesh. high. Yeah, that's pretty sad. That scares yeah. me. Yep. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, also missing time with? Uh, hamstring. hamstring. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> no. Just, not. you know, I mean, because I want to be excited about Alshon. And, oh, and, my gosh, I want to be so excited. And, and, I'm not, and I'm not suggesting that this means you run screaming from Alshon Jeffrey, but it is that little reminder of why everybody is cautious about him, why, you know, when you sit there and you are – you know, in the late second, early third round, why you may hesitate on him because, you know, last year it was it was waiting and waiting and waiting for him to come back and waiting for him to be healthy. And it just, you know, nobody wants to go through that for a guy that is potentially a wide receiver one. Candidate. But John Fox is so clear about injuries all the yeah, time. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he will let you know. Clear as mud. Yeah, right? <laughs> He's the worst. Um <laughs> Uh, the thing with Alshon, and it's so sad, too, because I was thinking about this uh, a couple of days ago, man. I'm like, have we ranked Alshon Jeffrey too low? I was watching game yeah. tape of Alshon Jeffrey. You look at some of the game logs for Alshon Jeffrey, and you're like, this guy's a beast. He's so good. If he plays 16, it's like 1,815 are totally doable for, for his talent level, man. But, no, you're right. The injury concerns, I mean, they're there. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I, you're right. I, I feel I feel sad. Because he is, when he's on the field, I mean, truly a special player. But I don't know, man. Uh, we're going to have to keep a close eye on the hamstring, and we'll see what's up. Uh, Jordan Matthews, injured at practice, severity unknown. That just happened this that morning, It literally right? just happened this morning. Yeah. It, I, I, I thought I saw later on that he's quote-unquote fine. Okay. Not that that's very clear at all. Well, yeah, it, Jordan Matthews appears fine. Oh, uh, great. <laughs> well, he doesn't necessarily have an injury history either, so I'm not too worried about Just it. Just well, expected to be sore for a couple of days. I guess yeah. my question more for Jordan Matthews is where does he fit in this offense? Because we're not exactly sure yet, no. right? Like he's been described generally as a, a big slot guy. Um, does the slot get a lot of work in this Doug Peterson offense? So from – Do we know yet? This comes from uh, from Neil Hornsby, the, the founder of PFF, like not including pace related because obviously the Eagles under Chip Kelly played a ton of snaps. Right. And that volume inflated the offense, not including that just on if he only plays as a slot receiver, if he doesn't play on the outside, yeah. he's set to lose over 200 snaps if if he only plays in the slot. Now, I think he would still 
Uh, I think he would still play as the flanker on the outside. Yeah, that doesn't make that doesn't that, make any sense. I don't I don't think he would just exclusively be a slot receiver, but that's just because the Chiefs under Doug Peterson pretty strictly ran two wide receivers, not three out there on most of the snaps. Well, he's running. I mean, he's going to be one right. of the two receivers out there. I would think so, but we don't know that he can beat man coverage on the outside at the NFL level. He's run over 90% of his routes in the last two years the from slot. the slot. Only one with more, I think, last year was Randall Cobb. I would imagine, though, I mean, again, I've never seen – I don't make it a habit to watch Vanderbilt games, but um, I, I would imagine someone of his talent level played on the outside at, at Vanderbilt. I would imagine. I mean, he's got to know how to play for, out there, no? They were reports earlier this year that they tried him outside and then shifted him right back to the slot because he didn't, didn't yeah. have the makeup out there to beat that press man coverage. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think it was uh, – yeah, Doug Peterson basically said, yeah, we're, we're going to try him outside. And then it, even in mini camps, not even training camps, he goes – yeah, we're gonna. We're, he's he's more of a slot receiver. <laughs> okay, what's his uh, what's his draft uh, draft price right now? Uh, he is currently on NFL.com. Wow, I'm just, I know. Well, Marcus looks at honestly. I'm, I'm still scrolling. I'm uh, I'm really not in on Jordan Matthews. I know, me year. neither. I, that's kind of the point I was making, right? Like, I I just mm, even if yeah. he's going in like the I don't know seventh to eighth sixth, range, he's a sixth round on fantasy football calculator. Yeah, NFL.com. He is a tenth round guy. Wow, good for our fans that's, then. I guess insane. I don't know. I would rather I would rather take a shot on those in those middle rounds on a guy like Tyler Lockett or Marvin Jones or oh, some of these yes. other guys we've we've uttered oh, on here. Oh yeah, someone with more upside. Well, and there's like we've mentioned whether or not he loses those 200 snaps, there is a risk that his role is going to change a fair amount. And you know he his stats were inflated last year by a bunch of garbage time at the end of the year too. Yeah, so 100%. right. If it if it drops down or he doesn't have nearly as big of a target share in that Philadelphia offense, which has a ton of questions under center, everything's coming up. I'm just staying away. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I you're right. Uh, I think they've got quarterback question marks. Um, again, I don't know did if they actually did anything to help improve the offense um, in any significant way. Uh, and it's not like they ran. It's not like they were a good offense last year. Um, you know what I mean? So yeah, right. no, I agree. I, I think his current price tag. I don't know, man. I, I'm like looking around. He's one of those guys where I just. No matter where he falls, I just find myself not drafting him. Yeah, draft around him. He's, yeah, he's yeah. what. Uh, our pal Rumford Johnny calls a, a crawl space player. Like their ceiling and floor are so close together. That's a yeah. great term for that. But I'd rather take a shot on Nelson Aguilar late, who I just yeah. heard about this morning. There the you other, go. The other back thing in on, is back in on Aguilar. The other thing is Sam Bradford is the quarterback there. So yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> for now, he's a quarterback for now. Hey, they've too. got Chase Montana waiting in the wings. Beautiful. Uh, in Miami, Devonte Parker tweaked a. Hamstring. Oh, hmm. Shocking. Surprise. Yes. Shocking. Uh, J.I. is still working with that knee injury. Although he's uh, allegedly coming back now. Yes. He, re- he returned this morning. He returned to practice. practice. Photographic evidence between printing the pod, run down, and coming up here that J.I. is back on the field. Although so. he may not be 100%. I like the way Rotoworld put it in their news blurb here. He, he realizes he needs to stay healthy or act healthy if he's going to <laughs> push, no, no. push, push no, Arian Foster. I, I don't think that's a joke. I really, truly think that has something to do with it. I mean, For look. Sure. He's seen Arian Foster at practice. He's heard what everybody's talking about. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, and this is this is the cold, hard reality of life in the NFL. You can lose your job at any point, especially when you have an experienced, talented veteran come in. So I do think that there's a little bit of J.J. that's like, I got to get back out there. Like, yeah, we laugh about it, but I think there's a lot of truth in that. I don't disagree. First of all, it, I mean, he, the team has nothing, nothing invested in Jay What What is he, a fifth-round draft pick? Fifth yeah, round draft pick yeah. by they've previous got, regime. They've got nothing. 
invested in this guy. So, no, he's you're 100% right. He's got to get out there. And you're right. Uh, I mean, it does sound funny to say, well, you should just act like you're out. But I, I, there's got to there's gotta be a lot of truth to that. The other thing about this situation that I've seen a couple times now is Adam Gase has come out and said about the, the backfield, he wants one guy to be out there for all three downs. He doesn't want to have a rotation. Mm. So if Foster wins the job, okay, they're not going to be like, putting a guy in on third downs or whatever whatever the case may be. They want they want a bell cow. They want a even work, if Gase, workhorse. Even if Gase wants that, um, it doesn't quite jive with what he has, right? Because it's not like Jay Ajayi. It's not – I mean, it's clear that they want to work in Arian Foster. I, I think right. he's saying that mostly because he wants to pump Arian Foster. But how much can this coaching staff, how much can this team really ride Arian Foster. I, they can't give him 30 carries a game, can they? Right. As as, uh, as Marcus Grant says, it's good to want things. <laughs> um, you know, I, I want to get back to this Devontae Parker thing, right? So he's missed uh, the past four days of practice with his hamstring injury. Um, and, and if you follow the beat reporters down there, Miami Herald, uh, et cetera, et cetera, Kenny Stills running with the first team, um, and apparently he's doing well. Leontay so, Peru ran with the first team in minicamps, too. So there you go. Um I guess forget about Kenny Stills for a second. We'll just we'll still put him in you know deep sleeper territory. But Devontae Parker has been a very popular sleeper pick for a lot of people this off season. I'm starting to cool my jets considerably uh, on Devontae Parker, considering uh, the options that are kind of in that offense. Welcome to the club. Uh, part of one of my reasons for not being as high on him, I know Harmon, you know, really studied the tape and stuff, and his I think his reception perception numbers weren't great. He had but, the second worst uh, success rate versus press coverage in the series' history. For me, it was also the fact that they still had Stills, Landry's a target hog, and then they went and drafted Carew, who I really like and can be a, can be a strong outside receiver for them. I just worried that people were overdrafting Parker on those couple splash plays, and he might not have the volume to to sustain that in an offense or make those plays on a regular basis. And you could be coming up with a lot of, you know, ones and twos in your in your fantasy roster on a week to week basis. All right, Devonta Parker right now going in probably oh seventh round. Well, I mean, he's, he's on NFL.com. He's going in thirteenth. I just so. feel like oh. I feel like that whole receiving core beyond Jarvis Landry is it's really just pull names out of a hat because we don't really know how this thing's going to shake out. It That's just, true. It is truly pulling. So like. That's Devontae Parker gets the lead in this one because he was the guy who got the early hype. So he's the guy that, you know, everybody is still on right now. And I honestly, I don't even know. I, I, I like Jarvis Landry. I like Jarvis Landry last year, and I would certainly take him as, like, a wide receiver, too, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, I, I just – I'm staying away. Like, I just don't know. I have no idea. Can't yeah. touch Parker in a single-digit round, in yeah. my opinion. So, uh, fantasy football calculator, he's going in the eighth round of uh, standard, uh, standard leagues. Ten-team? Uh no you're right it's a uh, twelve team because that's what defaults to so yes. Devontae Parker going in the well he's still going late eighth <laughs> really you have an eighth I've got him in seventh yeah right around John Brown and Tyler Lockett those three are like yeah John Brown same. Tyler Lockett right in there Kevin White uh, going a few picks but after Par- Parker's ADP has dropped over the last month though yes. so okay well <clears throat> I but I think we- I think just to make one quick last point on Parker. I think this is a big deal, uh, him missing off-season practices, because I think that was the thing that started him slow last year. Absolutely. Was missing 100%. time, because my biggest concern with him coming out of college was he only really had one release move against press coverage, and that does not fly at the NFL level. You have to vary your moves off the line of scrimmage, and he did not do that in college. He didn't get the time to work on that as a, as a rookie, and I also don't know if he's, he's 
kind of hinted before, like in some quotes, like just like he doesn't even know if that's important, which it kind of is. <laughs> um, but but you know, I think so. I think that now he's missing time again. It's not a good sign. Well, I think maybe maybe he feels like he's a freak athlete, which he's not. But maybe he feels like he is. He's definitely <laughs> a big. He's definitely a big splash play threat. But you know. All right. So is Arian Foster? I mean, it sounds like Arian Foster's the starter, right? Sure. Yeah. Right uh, now, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Have the veteran we, back with a lot of great, you know, huge, awesome resumes. So. Have we reached the point where if your draft is tomorrow, you need to draft Foster ahead of Ajayi? Oh yeah, yeah. I think so. Oh yeah. yeah, I think so. I don't oh, have to yeah. like it though. No, you're um, trying to die on the hill if you do otherwise. Jai going what in uh, the ninth round, according to fantasy. Yeah, he's, okay, he's tumbling. Now. He's he's fallen he, from the other day when I said Foster had jumped his ADP. They're just the split is just getting wider now. Yeah, so. Arian Foster going. Oh my gosh, he's going in the seventh. Yeah, that's that's way too rich for my blood. Yeah. Just gonna uh, have to have right, other options if you take him. Okay, we keep saying this, right? With yes. every every running back, like, yes. oh, that's way too rich. There are no running backs out there. There aren't any running backs out there, and so for not everybody is on the let's go wide receiver heavy train. So okay. if you're not doing that, yeah, you have to reach for these guys. Yeah, you just do because they're first off, there are only what like three actual honest to goodness workhorse bell cow guys out there. The okay. rest I've are been them. here the whole time. <laughs> He's not one of them though. I know. He's Sad. gone. Sad. But the rest of them are in committees, so you do have to go early to get the guy you think is going to make an impact. You can't sit around and wait and hope some and then like wait for somebody else to snipe that guy out ahead of you. So maybe you don't like Arian Foster in a single digit round, but well, that's life. That's life right I, now. I 100% agree with you, but here's the guys that are going, you know, considerably after him, right? Duke Johnson going a full round after. Frank Gore, I'm not a fan, but whatever. If you like it, fine. <laughs> Gio Bernard is there. Justin Forsett is there. Danny Woodhead is there. I mean, Danny Woodhead's going two rounds after. Um these are all guys that I, I think I'd rather have than Arian Foster, mostly because uh, I'm worried about um, his age, his health, workload split. Kenyon Drake is still there. I mean, we're ignoring him, he obviously. Got, he got hurt today. Oh, yeah. man, really? So, yeah, he pulled up he on a long pulled, run or yep. something. I think it's another Ham- hamstring. Well, hamstring. I believe it's a hamstring. hamstring. This, this, this tweet comes from Evan Silva yesterday. Oh, yeah. Zeke, hamstring. Adrian Peterson, hamstring. Le'Veon Bell, suspended. Uh, Char- Jamal Charles, PUP. Thomas Rawls, PUP. Deion Lewis, PUP. Forte, hamstring. Ryan Matthews, <laughs> ankle. Arian, comma, Foster. I guess no more needed to be said. This is, oh, no. So this, it's almost like investing in running backs is a really uh, – opening yourself to a lot of really fragile assets. Well, but it really – I mean, it does, but the point is you got you to play two. Yeah. You got to yeah. play two of them. Yeah. And there aren't – I mean, good luck finding two that you can feel like – that you can actually get as you feel like you can count on. So at some point – you are going to have to reach on running backs. That's yeah. just the way yeah. it is. Yeah, for sure. Or you just you punt the position and you become much stronger at all the other more locked. You know, nothing is a right. Sure but bet, I mean, but, but but the thing is, how much stronger can you get at wide receiver or tight end? You only play two wide receivers, maybe three. You can only play one tight end. You can only play one quarterback. How much stronger can you really get to the point that it's diminishing returns? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's the that's the debate. But that's why you know people that's are on zero debating. running back. Yeah. <laughs> Terrence <laughs> West. In Baltimore, Ugh. has had a, quote, impressive camp. No. That is according to Ravens reporter Jameson Hensley from ESPN. Why? And then, this is where it gets a little dicey. Hensley then said, West is at, is in at least a, quote, in the conversation to start for his hometown Baltimore team. Jameson Hensley does amazing work. Mm-hmm. I like Jameson Hensley. Yep. He's accurate. 
He's good with his Baltimore Ravens news. This is ridiculous. <laughs> um, he is not in line. Th- th- no, no. Um, I refuse to believe it. I, re- I absolutely refuse to believe that he is even in consideration. I, I feel like we should have some kind of impromptu fantasy therapy here. <laughs> um, John Harbaugh, why do you hate us? Uh, what did we ever do to you? We drafted the Ravens' defense for years, even after they weren't good anymore. We still drafted them on name value. We liked Steve Smith. We want Steve Smith to come back, even though we know he's not the same guy. We even went on with this faulty narrative that Joe Flacco is elite, (laughs) even though he's not, at least not for fantasy. Oh, he's not. So how have we been rewarded? We've been rewarded with a wide receiver core that is just a jumbled mess. Yep. And now you're throwing Terrence West in our face? Don't forget the four tight ends. The four tight ends? like What a mess. Why? What, they have what, four tight ends, seventeen running backs. Like, what did we ever do to you? What they are know, the positions six, sixteen? They, have? they let go of T. Rich. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, how do they? What, like, I don't understand. Like, where is the other roster spots going? There's so many tight ends and so many running. It's unbelievable. They're not going to field the defense. <laughs> <laughs> um, this this certainly will be something to watch. But I'm not adjusting Terrence West in no. draft rankings, no. nor am I starting to look at him as any no. sort of like deep sleeper. Uh, four sets going to be the guy, the we, we got to remember, like Terrence West was like highly, like a lot of people liked him, and in Cleveland he got kicked off the team for being like a head case. Right. Yeah. Like I figured he was like missing practice. He had a really poor attitude and stuff like that. So, but hey, maybe he's got his head on straight now. Yeah. Maybe, in a better organization. Every, everybody loves a redemption story, but better organization. It's his hometown. He played college ball out there. Narrative um, street. And they liked him Ooh. too. They were going to take. They said they were going to take him before Cleveland jumped up ahead of them in the third round that year. I mean, but here's the thing: we've seen him play. No. Ooh. Hey, he had some I, decent games. He's not I'm terrible. But I'm open to it. Listen, I'm I'm an idiot, but I'm open to it. <laughs> I mean, um, the thing uh, here's the thing about uh, that I find a little bit more. Uh, significant about the Terrence West news. Uh, again, I think there's a zero percent chance he starts, but um, I do believe that for someone like Kenneth Dixon, who's missing some time with an MCL, um, it's clear that Justin Forsett and uh, Buck Allen are running with the ones right now. Yeah, looks like Buck Allen's got that inside track to. Well, I, I want to say he's got the inside track for the backup job, but um, I'm, you know, I'm starting to read some reports that man, they are really fighting uh, for that starting position. So we'll see. But uh, for someone like Kenneth Dixon, it's got to drive – I mean, look, uh, there's nobody uh, of a bigger fan than, uh, of Kenny Dixon than myself in that offense. But you start seeing the reports, you start looking at the injuries, you start looking at the situation. I, I mean, you you got to drop him down in your rankings. you got to do it. Uh, I, I can't see myself taking him in that you know ninth, tenth round range, which is where I, I've been loving to take him right now. But yeah. – um, it's just impossible to say that. If Terrence West is is making an impact, and Jameson Hensley is definitely saying that, uh, it sounds like Kenny Dixon is going to be fighting West for, for almost like, you know, third-string duties right now. Yeah, this, like, I've been, I've been thinking about maybe working up a piece on position groups or teams I'm just flat-out going to be avoiding in drafts because there's too many question marks. Like, I'd rather take a shot at somebody on the waiver wire. A lot of these, aside from wide receiver, this Baltimore offense is basically one I'm just – off of yeah because this this is turning into like we joked last year about the Patriots backfield being a dice roll but you can put Dixon's face Forsett's face Allen's face West's face you know Kyle Uchek's face on a die roll it any, any given week and that's the one you want to start from from the look of this right now uh, uh yeah no you're right you're right uh I, I I still have high hopes for Kent Dixon but 
Uh, this news makes it tough. Might not be this year. Might not be this year. You're right. All right. How about Christian Michael? How about him? Speaking of guys that we've been, uh, you know, talking about, you talk about Terrence West and being a head case and never working. Yes. Here we are again. Now we turn the page to Kristen Michael. Pete Carroll <laughs> in Seattle says, uh, what, he's been on the money? Yep. In camp so far? Uh, okay. Um, okay. I don't know what to make of I mean, Franchise, with, you want to take this one? With the injuries there, it's <laughs> it's clearly a camp battle. Rawls isn't back yet, although no. Pete Carroll says he's close. He's been close for the last month. Procise is out with a hamstring, I think, for at least a week or two. Even if he's not, let's just say he's out with a hamstring. Yeah. Because that's just the narrative. He's now. got a hamstring. Okay. And Michael is kind of the clubhouse leader right now to start. If if Rawls can't get back, Michael's Michael's leading the pack, and, and they're saying it's not close. And, I mean, it's kind of a surprise, but if most of his struggles to get on the field and get snaps thus far in his career have been mental and maybe he's coming around okay. in that aspect, then maybe he's taking it more seriously and we're overlooking him in fantasy right you now. Know, the, the mental side of it's a good point because that's something that even coming out of the organization in Seattle late last year after they brought him back was something like, I remember reading reports of like, he's changed, he gets it now, like he's kind yeah. of bought into the team philosophy, he's working harder in practice and stuff like that, so... At, Maybe we've been ignoring these tea leaves that have been sitting right in front of us. What? At the at the end of the year, when no one was paying attention in Week 17, he ran 17 times for 102 yards against Arizona. It's pretty good. Are, are, so, does this mean something about Thomas Rawls? I mean, it could. Does this mean Does this mean that Rawls is further away than than we even know? I mean, as I, the, I they, they've know. been I, very they've been very vague about think, his yeah. his return. I think Pete Carroll is a king of smoke screens. First of all. But he does. I mean, the the, the he's problem so is, good at it. yeah, yeah. I know. he's so good at. It. And and here's the other thing, because every now and again, these things that we're we're saying are smoke screens, they they end up being the Truth. right thing. You know yeah. what I mean? So, because uh, uh, it, it, there's no organization that embraces competition more than the Seattle Seahawks, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, Richard Sherman, a fifth round guy, Thomas Rawls, undrafted, undrafted. I think. Uh, you know, so again. I, this is something that's very interesting because I guess it's feasible that Christian Michael could be the starter for Seattle. It's feasible. And Pete Carroll's usually overly optimistic about injuries or which is basically anything. And he's just never been optimistic about this Rawls thing, which is a little frightening. But. It's a fractured ankle. I mean, you know, I, I didn't understand when fantasy analysts were just writing it off and saying, oh, he'll yeah, be right. back. Like, I don't, I don't get it. It happened so late in the season. Well, because it's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, in video games, when the season's over, you're, the next season, the injured players just all come back. Oh, right. At 100%. Right. They're good. They're all good. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Except Same for when thing. they they straight up, like, did you ever, when like playing Madden growing up, ever get like a, a career, career ending injury? I remember yeah, I was had a, like a, a fantasy franchise on Madden where uh, I had Steven Jackson and he got a career ending injury and I just remember being like damn <laughs> <laughs> must be serious stuff, like, got, this is, stuff got real yeah. and I'm and I'm like I can't cancel I mean <laughs> like, what if the it's, hell <laughs> if, if it's in the game it's in the game it's in right the game. that's right sure All right. Uh, okay Cameron Bright is a starting tight end in uh, Tampa Bay so we're gonna do this dance again huh uh, right awesome <laughs> <laughs> Austin <laughs> Jenkins we're doing this out uh, I wonder a lot of folks are wondering whether ASJ even makes the is, team. Is that the Bray train? This is Bray train. Oh, there it goes. Oh, yeah. There it goes. Oh, God. We converted franchise yesterday. No, stop. He was skeptical, 
Then he starts. Uh, he started grinding, uh, grinding that tape. There's actually a photo left. of me grinding oh tape. Yes, God. it's on my Twitter feed. Stop it. He, yeah, look, he Cameron Bray honestly was by the end of the day. Cameron Bray made some good catches last year. I'm not saying he's, he's didn't. got ability. I'm he's not got ability. He and listen, the th- the thing about Austin Safarian Jenkins, when he's not hurt, he's playing below his potential or yelling at fans on Twitter. So yeah. no, ASJ's done. Let, yeah. So I, the, the, it really comes down to what is the ceiling for a guy like Cameron Bray. Look, like, they don't have a lot of options that offense. They don't. After you know, Vincent Jackson's getting up there. We've talked about liking him. You know, on last week's episode, Evans I mean, do is they not? One. A, Charles Sims, Doug Martin, Mike Evans. I that's mean, it. Cameron Bray. Okay, but that's but that's that's a lot of touches going somewhere else, though. St- still, the tight end's going to have a designated role, as we've mentioned. It's a role that's gotten a lot of targets in dirt cutter offenses. Harmon mentioned last podcast too. Jameis Winston loves to pummel his tight ends with targets. He, does. he loves. If it. this offense is taking another step with the slim down, you know, progressing Winston. Okay. Bray could be a huge beneficiary, and I think his his ceiling is like as a back end tight end one, not like you know, not a. Bo- Barnkowski getting up there and finishing as the tight end too, <laughs> but like that that Travis Kelsey air area where he finishes as like the tight end seven or eight with you know like eight hundred yards and five or six touchdowns. So I come back to my original question from Tuesday. Yes, are you drafting? Yeah, we get it. You're we're probably not drafting him because of all of the players that right. you listed ahead of him, unless he really picks up steam in the, in the preseason. preseason, right? Yeah. If you play in a standard 15-round draft, you're probably not drafting him. Yeah. But if you play in uh, MFL 10s, I've taken him the back half of some of those several times, Ooh, uh, especially in um, – That's spicy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like Especially because you probably want to take three tight ends in that format, but there's all no discussion. Um, you also – like if you're playing DFS during the early parts of the season. Okay. Be a good it's probably going to be know what? cheaper. Guy. Clive Walford or Cameron Bray? Cameron Bray. Wow. Walford. I'll go Walford. Cameron, Cameron Brait right now. You know, you guys, you guys, you guys were making him. Cameron Brait right now. You guys are talking about him like he's White Castle, right? Because people, <laughs> wow. people love White Castle, right? But everybody who loves White Castle has all these disclaimers about why they love White Castle. That's oh, true. It's great when it's two thirty in the morning and I've drank thirty seven beers. Like <laughs> thirty seven. Like, like it comes with all these Just like Wade boxes review. Like, like White Castle. Like what the heck? Like. I'm sure Cameron Bray is going to be fine, but like we have to put all these like conditions about when and why and how you draft him. Like he's for most of us, he's a waiver wire. That's guy. yeah. Any player we put conditions on It'll when and where and time. why to draft him. No, not like this. Dare you slander him? Not like this. White Castle. He, hey, <laughs> he didn't have as many touchdown receptions as Mike Evans did last year. <laughs> wow! Did it happen? Did it happen? It happened. Oh, I've happened. I've looked at the numbers. Oh, you've looked at the numbers. Okay, All right. that's good. That's let's good. let's get out of the news here Sweet. quick. All we right. got to go to tight <laughs> to uh, Tennessee. Okay, uh, Tennessee Kendall Wright put on blast by Mike Malarkey. Cool for an injury. <sighs> Whatever. Just avoid the Tennessee wide receiver. So, I'm basically, Mike Malarkey hates all of his wide receivers that could actually be good. There's right. going to be – I think I read the – Tajay Sharp is getting good. Maybe I'm making this up, but uh, I think they're going to run a new promotion in Tennessee where everybody gets to play wide receiver for a day. Good. Perfect. Just, uh, you know, you win a drawing. All right. Put on some pads and like run it. a route. You must this, be this tall. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned that piece I was thinking about writing on position groups or teams I'm, I'm going to avoid. The Titans almost – like, there are a lot of good players on this offense, but – all of the stuff coming out of camp and the news and the coach speak and everything and how crowded their position groups are is this just like I feel like I'm just wasting a draft pick if it's in the middle rounds if I take one of these skill position players because yeah. everything's so muddled. Mariota's never Titans. <laughs> Mario, wow, uh, Mariota is uh, uh, is still a, a really good, uh, really interesting uh, late round flyer at fantasy quarterback. He's got the wheels. Yeah, uh, we saw what he could do last year. What, what was it? Week one, four touchdowns. Yep. 
you like it, right? I, I you know, I, I like him as a sleeper. I like him, you know, hundred percent as a, as a late round guy. Hundred um, percent. Why not? I, I look I've, if if Alex Smith is the gap, Teddy Bridgewater is Old Navy, and Marcus Mariota has the chance to be Banana Republic. Yeah, you like that? I do like that. I go. like it a I'm lot. Not shop at any of those. Sheesh. Uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, you can sign up today. NFL.com slash fantasy. Sign up your team. Sign up your league. Uh, the Fantasy Spotlight Show. Inside Train Camp Live. Fantasy Spotlight today at 2 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. And really um, going on for what? Another uh, week or so, another right? Another week, I believe. Uh, 2 p.m. Eastern every single day. People ask me, hey, is uh, Fantasy Live back? It's like, yeah, we've kind of rebranded it as Inside Kinda. Training Camp Live Fantasy Spotlight. Everything gets rebranded for Inside Training Camp. It does. Nothing's the same. See, hey, we're in Hollywood, man. Reboots and uh, rebranding. Right. There you go. And then, of course, NFL.com slash DraftKit. To get all the fancy content, uh, we're talking about sleepers, we're talking about busts, we're talking about mock drafts, candidates. rankings, mock drafts, everything. profiles, hey. projections, everything. Everything. IDP. IDP. Everything. I will. You know what? I, I, I we will have an IDP preview coming. So for Marcus all of you out that. there, for all of you out there who play, because he loves you, I do. You know, you guys are a very vocal, loyal group, and I appreciate you. So I will. Uh, you know. All right, let's talk about the AFC West. Let's get into this. All right, Denver Broncos. Um, are you worried about Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders? Given that the quarterback situation there is, I don't want to say it's a mess. It's jumbled. Jumbled. But it's not a mess. No. I feel like it's a little bit of a mess. It's not. Really? I don't think so. I, I mean, like, I, I know, first of all, I'm no Mark Sanchez lover, okay? But Gary Kubiak has done such a great job developing quarterbacks. Um, and I, I'm not. I'm actually not that worried about the wide receiving group. I'm, I, not. I, I'm not either, but I still think that the quarterback position could be terrible. I don't, I don't think it will affect the wide receivers as much. Uh, my friend Sully Sparks on Twitter, uh, don't follow him, uh, but he, said, <laughs> he tweeted me today. He said, it's it's August 5th, 2016 of the year of our Lord, and everyone in Denver just realized that Mark Sanchez isn't good at football. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I think that – I think that it could certainly be a thing where he plays well enough, but it, the thing is, it doesn't matter to me with the wide receivers because they're just going to, you know, I talk about target share all the time, and these two guys are going to dominate the load there. There's really nobody to get passes. It's a concentrated offense, which is an expression you used before, where it yeah. goes to those two and yep. almost nobody else. Last year, Demarius Thomas, 29% of the targets. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, 23%. In 2014, same thing. Even with Wes Welker and Julius Thomas, they're 31% for DT and 23 for Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I mean, I also think, you know, the way what we have seen out of this offense is, you know, hey, maybe bubble screens galore for Demarius Thomas this year, which, you know, certainly ups his PPR value. And, and look, he's a playmaker. It's a, I, I'm kind of with Harmon. It's a situation where the quarterback doesn't necessarily have to play well for the wide receiver. They didn't. They didn't last year, and both of them prospered. Sure. Like Peyton Manning was atrocious for much of the true. year, and then Brock Osweiler, Osweiler was like Mark Sanchez level for the rest of the year. And both of these guys still had solid numbers. I'm starting to come around more and more to Emmanuel Sanders actually, because he's going f- four rounds or so later than DT. And there have been a lot of reports out of camp, actually, that Demarius Thomas has been having a lot of drops again, as he did last year. And I don't want to overstate those, but he is wont to do that. He is wont to do that. And Sanders is a pretty sure-handed guy that will have no problem eating up those extra targets if you know they start turning away from DT a little bit from his crazy volume that he's had. You know, it's interesting, too. I felt like Emmanuel's, or excuse me, Demarius Thomas was a little bit... Um, undervalued or I don't know, it, it was weird like I, I think the, I felt like the fantasy community was mad at DT for some reason last year um, and all he did was catch 105 balls 1300 yards six touchdowns like uh, it was not 
you know, the DT from two or three years ago, I get it. But 105, 1,306, that's pretty dang good, man. Yeah, that's good. He's a wide receiver 11 in PPR last year, which is why I hate analysis. It's like, well, you know, he's not going to, you know, DT could be a bust because he's not going to do what he did two years ago. But, like, no kidding. No, everybody knows that. Yeah. That's why he's priced in the third round right, right now. And right, like, right, And exactly. same thing with Sanders. Like, they were both top 20 wide receivers in PPR last year. They probably will be again. 76 catches, th- uh, 1,100 yards for Emmanuel Sanders to go along with six touchdowns. Again, the touchdowns, I get it. Uh, there's a little bit of a cap there because they're going to run the ball a lot and, and they want to protect the ball. Um, that's the thing. They want to protect the ball because when you've got a strong defense like the Denver Broncos have, you cannot turn it over. That's the killer. And uh, Mark Sanchez is one to throw interceptions. Uh, <laughs> he is one to yes. do that as well. <laughs> uh, so speaking of that ground control, C.J. Anderson, are we underrating him too much still? Not me. No, 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 no. Look, look, I, I, think, he's, I think he's appropriately valued. Uh, look, he's burned us twice now. Yeah, uh, fool me er- twice. Not, uh, not, not going to fool me again. That's right, in the early <laughs> part of the season, right? Now, okay, we always get enticed by his late season surge. Okay. I mean, you know, again, I think he's appropriately priced. I, I just don't see him, again, being that bell cow guy who's going to carry you to, to, you know, glory in the first half of the season again. I just don't see it. He was definitely hurt last year. Uh, yeah. The early part Ankle of the and season. Toe. That's and, true. And but but that is also part of the equation that we are certainly getting into the point of C.J. Anderson's career where there's always something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think his range of outcomes is is really good because I think he's priced probably at his floor right now in the late third round. But I think he's got a higher ceiling than that. Okay. I agree. Yeah. I agree. What is this always something? This is his fourth year in the league. Mm-hmm. The last two years he's played 15 games. But that's what I'm saying. Like, no, but he's been. But he nurses hobbled. injuries a, a lot. But he's yeah. on the field. I and I love that. And about he's not producing it. That's times. not always good. <laughs> I mean, he's on. I, I look. I believe. I'm, no, me too. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> Listen, I, I believe. I'm with you too. But I mean, at the same time, there's certain. It is a little bit and, of like, and it's an always something thing. And in the fourth round, a, a fourth round asking price potentially. Oh, um, swish. Right. Yeah, I feel so, like that's a big value there. Why are we hating? Oh, I'm, I'm not. not I'm not the, hating. The, the All other, I hear is hate. Hate. Oh, hate, hate, the other thing. Hate. 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 Look, the other thing is if if the quarterback play isn't grand, like that could hurt Anderson's touchdown volume. Actually, yeah. So you know <sighs> that's something to think about. Like the offense could just be bad. All right. How about the Raiders? Derek Carr set to make a giant leap or nah? A uh, giant leap? Nah. But leap. Yeah. A okay, small, so what, what are we talking? Like 30, 32-ish? 33, 35? What did he throw last year? 30? 20? 25? He, he was a quarterback 15 last year. I don't think he cracked 30. No. No, no Um. but I think he was, what you said, quarterback 15 last year. I mean, I think he – Oh, he did throw 32 touchdowns. Last I think he knocks really? on the door of the top 10. I don't know if he quite gets in, but I think he's knocking on the door. Yeah, I'd say his ceiling is like number ten from, yeah. in my eyes. Right, I mean, I mean that, that's his absolute ceiling. How this how this team has has uh, been reformed this offseason with such a better defense and stuff. Like, I don't think Carr is going to need to get in as many shootouts, and I don't think they want him to. I think I think I don't know what happened with Great him. Point. I don't know what happened with him so much if it was if it was an arm thing or fatigue or because Cooper was hurt. But he fell off a lot last year down the stretch. Yeah, he did. And I think they would rather have. Car not be a game manager. It sounds like such a damning statement, but it's really not. But they don't want, you know, they know they can win with his arm, but they don't want to have to. That's true. Is what it seems like the way this team has been going this offseason. So what you're saying about Derek Carr, though, that's got to have, obviously, a big-time impact on somebody like Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. So do you knock their value down a bit? I don't think it's a huge 
knock because, like the Broncos, this, but a is, bit. this is a pretty concentrated offense through That's those true. two guys. Right, but, right. I mean, I think I've said on this podcast before, I wasn't 100% in on Amari Cooper as like an early or mid-second round pick. I'd rather take him a little later. And same, and same with Crabtree. He's a guy I'll grab in that, like, I don't know, fifth to seventh round range, depending on the makeup of my team. But uh, I just I think they're, they're, they've got safe floors, but their ceilings are a little lower than some might expect based on how they jumped last year. Yeah, I think so, too. And in order for uh, Amari Cooper, I just wrote a kind of a debate myself piece, which is weird, uh, about Mike Evans and Amari Cooper in the late second round yesterday. It's a good piece. You should read it. Oh, thank you. It's on NFL.com slash Harmon, everybody. It's oh. nice. It's all right. Yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's just all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Marcus is one that, that edited it. It really <laughs> makes me feel bad. But anyways, uh, in order for him to pay off his draft price, he's going to have to be uh, more used more in the red zone. He was only targeted seven times in the red zone. That was behind Seth Roberts and Michael Crabtree. Wow. And he received exactly zero targets inside the 10-yard line, which is weird. That and is so weird. Seven targets the whole season in the red zone? Yeah, in the red zone. Wow. And none within 10 yards. Not a single one. That makes and no sense. Looking at some of the other uh, the other numbers of the uh, that I re- accumulated in that piece, like one of his weakest points as a, as a pro, we know you know look at his reception perception. He separates all over the route tree, you know, deep, short, all that sort of stuff. But he's not that great at contested catches. Sixty one point five percent conversion. That's below the NFL average. So maybe it's just a, that's really not the strength of his game is in traffic. But he's going to have to score more than he's going to have to be like an eight to ten touchdown guy to pay off that price. And I just don't know if he can get to that. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. Uh, what about what about <laughs> simultaneous Lata- yeah, interesting. How interesting? How about Latavius Murray though? Um, he, he he was what he was the RB ten last year. Uh, I yeah. Mean, obviously the position group died right. last year, so uh, there's a little bit of that. And and quite frankly, when you watched him play, it was not spectacular. He had uh, two hundred yard rushing games the entire season. Uh, two hundred and touchdowns were also a problem. Yeah. Six six double digit fantasy outings and all. All uh, those are all games that he scored touchdowns in. So he's touchdown dependent to get to that double digit notch at least last year. Um, and and for a large por- part of that se- uh, of that season, if I can spit this out here, he just wasn't. I don't know. He just wasn't that explosive athlete that we've seen, no. and we right. know his measurables are unbelievable. Yeah, he's they're a beast. unbelievable. He's an unbelievable athlete, but it seemed like he was preserving himself. A little bit last year. When he got worn down, he had one of the highest percentages of, of like offensive touches and opportunities that flowed through him. It was like him and Frank Gore saw like seventy-five-ish percent of the the offensive touches, like carries and targets, go through them, which is just obscene. Yeah. Or like the running back opportunities. Excuse me. So I think that's why he wore down, which is why they've talked about bringing in DeAndre Washington and yeah. helping to lessen his load, which should in turn could make him more effective. Like he I could agree. bring back those explosive plays that were missing last year. Right. I Talking agree. about that effectiveness, if you're drinking something right now, finish it because you're going to spit it out when you hear <laughs> this. Uh, this is one of the more disgusting stats I've seen of the offseason. This comes from Scott Barrett, who's a writer from Fo- Pro Football Focus, at Scott Barrett DFB on Twitter. Since 2001, of the 92 cases of running backs amassing 260 carries and 35 receptions in a season, okay. Latavius, is Murray's, Latavius Murray's 2015 ranks dead last in fantasy points scored yeah oh. yeah he just wasn't not was ceiling was like not tons good. of volume but not good Which did not so play weird. well he also had eight games with two or fewer receptions and had just 232 receiving yards for the season which ranked him outside the top 30 in receiving yards among i think his back. yards per target was like the lowest of any running back last year too with like 40 yeah. plus targets but where he's priced this year i'm, I'm totally cool with getting in on yeah. it because yeah. even if he just gets the volume then he's a safe 
ish RB2 floor yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. If he becomes more effective and gets those splash plays back, then boom. Agree. He's, you know, he's he's returned more on my investment than I expected. And yeah, we expect this defense to improve, right? Yes. Right. They have a ton of really good players that they added this offseason. Reports out of minicamp, I saw somebody tweeted yesterday, like, nobody's getting open. Nobody's running through this defense. It's just could be lights out. And if yeah. that's the case, game scripts will flip and there will be just more opportunity. They, they brought in Sean Smith, who was a great pro from Kansas City. They yep. brought in Bruce Irvin, a great pass rusher. They brought in Reggie Nelson, who's yep. turned into a really strong safety with the Bengals. They still and got they also They drafted uh, – well, they, they, no, they didn't take Neal. They took the other one. Uh, they drafted another safety, too, who's uh, – his name's escaping me right now. He's, he's very good. So – that and their defense, you you just mentioned they already had Khalil Mack. They've got Malcolm Smith, the Super Bowl MVP from uh, the Broncos right. Seahawks game, has actually turned into a solid pro for them. There, there's a lot to like on this defense, so that could flip the game scripts for them, and and that would ter- in turn be good for Murray. Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's interesting, man. Like you know, I, at first I was super excited about Derek Carr. You know, you you, you look at the arm talent and everything, and, and think, oh, this guy could be set to make a huge leap. But then, man, I don't know. He he, will, I think he'll play better from a, a real life perspective, but from a fantasy perspective, yeah, I'm kind of anticipating the numbers that we saw last year. He's entering Mark Brunel territory where that. he's going to be a very good quarterback, but he's not going to be an elite fantasy quarterback. I could see thir- low 30s ish touchdowns. I don't think he's going to crack 4,500 yards. I don't think he's going to get there. Um, I think the numbers we saw last year could be basically you think what that's we the see. Ceiling, huh? I think that's basically what we could see this year, given how good that defense will be. Uh, and, and for a large part, that's why I'm kind of, you know, a little iffy on, on Amari Cooper and a little bit higher on Latavius Murray. But we'll see. Uh, how about the Kansas City Chiefs? Alex Smith. Wait. I'm sorry. He was this, the top five. This was a, this was a joke because okay. we had uh, we had our project, projections get outsourced, and uh, when right. they first came in, we had to do some fine tuning because they had Alex Smith projected as a top five. You're quarterback. so polite. Womp womp. You're so polite. Al- yeah, Alex Smith is not going to be a top five quarterback. Come on now. It's like good Midwestern values. Yep. Yes, he's so that's polite. that's how I'm raised. But uh, Alex Smith, I mean, he's a he's a great streaming option. They uh, they call him Alex, what Jesus Smith on oh, Living yeah. the Stream. <laughs> Uh, because he, if you do stream the position, he can be a great one to come in and got a give you a floor. safe floor because yeah. he can run and stuff. But don't touch him otherwise in league. I feel so frustrated by Alex Smith all the time because, like, you know, you talk about a good streaming option because he does have a couple pop uh, fantasy games, but it's so hard to predict those games. Yeah. Because sometimes in good matchups, he doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in bad matchups, he puts up a 30 spot. So I don't know, man. Uh, he's generally a guy I don't think I've ever touched on the waiver wire because it's so hard to predict uh, what he's going to do. But eh, whatever. If you're into it, go for it. Uh, How about Jamal (laughs) Charles? Uh, Right now going, what, in the late second round? uh, Anywhere between the mid-second to early third round? Uh, a lot of respect being paid to Jamal Charles, despite the fact that he's had two ACL surgeries in the past five years. Um, again, the only running back uh, that has had a five-yard per carry average. Um, uh, how do I want to phrase this? What's the proper way? Uh, whatever. He's good. No, he's <laughs> So to help contextualize it, because I tweeted out these things from our NFL media research packet, and they, they caught mini fire when I did. Among running backs with at least 1,000 attempts in NFL history, Jamal Charles has the highest yards per attempt there at 5.5. Above Jim Brown, Hall of Fame, Joe Perry, Hall of Fame, Gil Sayers, Hall of Fame, Barry, Anderson, Barry Sanders, Hall of Fame, right. and Adrian Peterson, soon to be in the Hall of Fame. He's ridiculous. And um, seasons averaging 5-plus yards per attempt, he is first in NFL history as well with 7 in Amazing. his career. Brown only had five. Sanders only had five. Walter Payton and Emmitt Smith each had one. Okay, but the question is, two ACL surgeries in the last five years. Um, 
they've got two, I don't want to say, you know, great running backs, but they've got Charkandrick West, Spencer Ware in the backfield that were effective at times last year. I thought Spencer Ware was very effective mm-hmm. uh, last year. you got to think Andy Reid is going to mix them in a little, maybe not. I don't I don't know. That, I don't know. Well, that, 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 to me, is kind of the big question. Like, I, I like Jamal Charles. You know, I, I wouldn't mind taking him somewhere in the second round if I could. But I don't know what to do after that. Like, where where is it? Is it because if I take Jamal Charles, I feel like I need to handcuff him. But yeah. is it is it West? Is it where? I think and I don't where. know. I think it's where from pretty much every every report out of there. He's been the backup. He also like is the better red zone threat, which could right. could harm Charles a little bit. But I think he's priced with that in yeah. MVP already. I I'm not I'm not afraid of taking Charles. We saw how hard he worked to come back from his last ACL. There's you know, no doubt he won't be won't be doing the same thing now, especially after after he saw these other guys perform and get. Everybody talks about the contracts they got. They each got a two year like small money deal. Yeah, it's not like they threw C.J. Anderson money no, at no, yeah, for yeah. Kendrick West to stay. Right. So I think it's Charles is still going to be the guy, and even if his production dips a little bit, franchise had that stat where like. He still is averaging a crazy amount of points on minimal touches. Like so. 13.2 touches a game or something through his career. And he's, you know, when he finishes a full season, he's an elite fantasy running back on that low volume. Yeah, he's but the, awesome. the concern now, like, they want, they expected him to be ready at the start of training camp, and I don't think he's practiced yet. So mm. that's raising some red flags, but it's not like he needs the reps because he knows, he knows what's going on. All right, so there's Jeremy Macklin. Uh, there's Travis Kelsey, who I'm not touching because yeah. of the, uh, the reality show. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing it. Add him to the 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 hate hate list. <laughs> the, the wheel of hate, man. Um, hate. I don't know. Where do you take Macklin? Is there? I mean, I know the fantasy stronghold is big on the bird alert. He he had a little bit of a, an issue the other day at practice. Uh, was it like a was it a hamstring? I believe with the for the bird alert. You know what? Let's just uh, call it know. a hamstring. Probably was yep. a hamstring. It was a hamstring. Let's call it a hamstring. From now yep. on, every injury every is a hamstring. Yep. Everything's <laughs> a hamstring. So I think I think uh, Jeremy Macklin's a little underrated this year. I he's, agree. Yep. He's going off the top of the board in the fifth round, and I think okay. it's just like the stink of the Kansas City passing game, which. You know, th- there could be a little bit of a shift this year because Justin Houston, who, you know, by the way, one of the best defensive players in the NFL, so yep. it might make a difference when he's not on the field. Uh, he might miss at least the first half of the season with an ACL injury, right? I think it's an ACL. But, uh, you know, during the 2013 season, in the games where Houston did not play, Alex Smith averaged almost a full 20 yards per game more passing in those games. Hmm. Uh, so, And Macklin owns just, again, back to target share, a dominant percent of the team's passing uh, targets. He owned 29% last year. Like, that's up there with the elite wide receivers in the NFL. And while there's not a ton of volume last year in Kansas City to assume, that could change this year. Yeah. the And, like, 20, 20 yards per game might seem small, but over the course of a year, that's not insignificant Big if deal. most of those yards are being funneled to the number one option like Macklin. So, I think, Francis, we've talked about it on this podcast before, and I forget if you were here for that one or not, Harmon, but I know we're both in on Macklin in those mid-round mid round range. And Oh, uh, definitely. He's stu- super value pick in, like, round five. I think he's got a safe floor and his ceiling. It wouldn't surprise me if he finished as a wide receiver one this year. Yeah. Plus, he's just so darn good. He is yeah, good. He's good. He's, he's good. hashtag good at football. He's yeah. just good at football. I mean, that's the thing. I, I, I don't mind picking him just because the talent level, man, is, is, is there. All right, let's talk about the Chargers. I think they're going to be an absolute train wreck next year. Uh, really? From a win-loss perspective. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> from, a, from a win-loss perspective, oh, who cares about that? Okay, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, they're going to be. A I'm not here to talk man. about real football. They're going to be a mess, man. Uh, Philip Rivers, uh, he has been. I, I want to say he's been pretty darn reliable. He has. Uh, you kind of sort of know what you're going to get with always Phillip underrated. Um, it, he's a great late round quarterback value. Uh, it, it's so funny too because. He's always there. Whenever I'm like looking to draft a quarterback, and, and, and I'm and I'm guilty of this too. I always not take him. 
you you don't take him? Why? I don't know. And every single time I pass on, I'm like, oh, I probably should have taken Philip Rivers. I kind of do the same thing, you know. Now that you mention it, I'm always like, well, I can get Eli Manning. And like, I probably should have taken Philip. <laughs> right, exactly. Or it's like, oh, I take Marcus Mariota. I'm like, I yeah, probably should have just taken Philip Rivers right there. Like, I think we get we get so inse- like uh, so obsessed with these guys, like you know, Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston or Derek Carr, like these right. young guys. And then you know, every once in a while, you get a Blake Bortles out of that, then you get a top five quarterback. But Philip Rivers is always there, man. I, I love Philip Rivers. The last time he had Ken Wisenhunt there, he had one of his best seasons. He completed almost 70% of his passes, 30, 32 touchdowns, 4,400 yards. He's a guy who has a career touchdown rate of 5.3%, so he, it hasn't fluctuated a ton. Yeah, He's got Keenan Allen there. He's got Travis Benjamin now. Yeah, I mean, Stevie Johnson injury hurts a little bit, but he's got weapons. He's got the offensive coordinator back. Uh, the defense is still a bit of a work in progress. I love – Philip Rivers is like my favorite late-round quarterback to get. You know um – to your point, Alex. Now that now that you mention it, the more I start thinking about it, the more I get excited, right? Because like again, I th- I do believe it's going to be a train wreck in terms of the win loss. Um, and you're right. I think they're going to be involved in a few more shootouts. Right. Um. Well, and, and with Travis, it, it, here's the thing about that offense that was really lacking. And what Philip Rivers healthy players, <laughs> healthy players. That's a big one. Uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> a big. One. But I thought the offense looked so much better when Malcolm Floyd could actually get downfield. Yeah. Um. And when and when they didn't have that downfield guy, and Philip Rivers loves to go downfield. By the way, so it's like when they didn't have that option. I think it really hurt him. Um, and having Travis Benjamin, who is one of those elite downfield speed guys, I think it's going to open up the offense a lot. Yeah, that matters a lot. I wrote a piece about the Chargers receiving core uh, last week, and then Stevie Johnson proceeded to um, get hurt. Whoops. Oops. Uh, yeah. Whoops. It seems to be happening a lot lately. Yep. Stop, stop writing about players. I should probably – but then you guys stop paying me, so <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't really have that. But anyways, right. that deep threat is super important to the Chargers offense because well, the way Keenan Allen plays the, way, the game, the way that Phillip Rivers is a really Antonio Gates. anticipatory passer. Yeah, they have a ton of short to intermediate threats, and yeah. they are great at that, but they need that lid popper too. And like you mentioned, he is – Travis Benjamin, that is, is a great deep threat. His uh, 65% success rate on go routes is one of the top five scorers that I've ever had. So he's a really, really good player. I uh, mean, dude was hooking up with Johnny Manziel on I know. last year. Like exactly. now he's got now he's got the Baron of the Bolo tie throwing him the ball. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Upgrade, upgrade. Let's talk about the running backs a little bit right. though, because I know franchise, you're you're Do we have to either you're driving the hype train on Melvin Gordon, or it's like you and Brad Evans are in the caboose together. Yeah. Oh like, no, I just, like, I'm, I'm I'm there too. Like I'm at least riding shotgun, if nothing else. You guys are All like right. the we'll Flintstones uh, cars where they're paddling with their feet. Yep. Look, last time Ken Wisenhunt was in San Diego in 2013, okay. Ryan, Ryan Matthews, 285 rush attempts, uh, 1,255 rush yards. It's pretty good. What was her Dan- record th- that year? That year, what was what? Nine and what seven. Was okay. Uh, that year, Danny Woodhead also had over 1,000 total yards and I think eight total touchdowns. So wow. we're talking about the running back split. Interesting. That, you know, both backs had over 1,000 yards and a handful of touchdowns. So What was Danny Woodhead's injury? I think it was like some kind of broken leg. Broken leg, ankle. I think it in, was. Uh, 2014, yeah, it was uh, ankle, I think it was. Ankle. Oh, But he came back great last year. He did. He did. Um, so I, I think both of these guys can have value, and I think they're both kind of priced appropriately in the, like, I don't know, fifth to eighth round range, depending yeah. on your league and where they fall. I mean, franchise, you took Melvin Gordon in our fourth round of our big 12-team mock recently. Yeah, it was a little bit of a Which reach, Which you guys can find at NFL.com slash fantasy mock drafts, right? That's what we set that up as. 
yes. fantasy mock yes. drafts with plural, an S. With an yeah. S. His ADP's been on the rise over the last month. He's still going like beginning of the sixth round in twelve team leagues. So that's that's a bargain. I mean, I, I would say the, the fear about Danny Woodhead, and you know, you know how we all feel in the stronghold about Danny Woodhead. Goat, love him. Goat. Is that second if, goat to Burt Will? If okay. people stay, if you know, Keenan Allen stays healthy, if Travis Benjamin's there all year, you know, if Antonio Gates has something even close to what he did last season. Yeah, those targets are going to be cut significantly for Woodhead. I mean, yeah. he led the team in targets by a long way. Yeah, but mostly because. Philip Rivers didn't have anybody else to throw the football yeah, to. Yeah, everybody did he hurt. Lead, did he lead the the, uh, the the team in receiving yards? I think uh, so. he might have. I think, I think <laughs> he so. might have. Now, mind you, Keenan Allen also missed eight games yeah, no, and no, was I second don't. on the team in targets and receiving yards, right, which right, says a yeah. lot about says who lot. they still had there. And, like, Javante <laughs> Hernan and, like, I don't know. I think you're certainly right, Marcus. We shouldn't expect, like, 106 right. targets. Right. I mean, it's just – what happened. I mean, if, if, if he has 100 targets, things went terribly wrong for the Trump. That's but true. Even if he falls down to, like, the 60 to 70, 70 range that's still a great amount of volume for a back like that who's yeah. gonna get a few carries he'll catch his passes and it turns him like that's what he was last year I mean he, he way overperformed because of all the injuries but he was always a safe floor play I mean you could lock him up for 50 receptions no yeah well, yeah and he's he's the primary red zone back in 2013 Ken Wizens last time there he <laughs> handled a whopping 40 red zone touches Whew. you know not just carries but also as a receiver yeah and he out touched uh, I think he out touched uh, Ryan Matthews inside the 10 yard line too right I mean here's the thing they, they <laughs> When you got Philip Rivers, you're going to give him the ball uh, in the red zone, um, and, and it's it, it, Danny Woodhead fits into what they want to do. They're going to give the ball to, to your best player yeah. uh, in scoring situations. I mean, he's yeah. that he's that chess, movable chess piece that gives them more mismatches in a short area space right. like the red zone. Whereas That's you know right. they don't have a massive receiver, and Gates is old as hell now, and you know Keenan Allen's not like you know he's not Des Bryant in the red zone, so that it makes sense why they give Danny Woodhead a lot of touches there, and those are valuable for a player like him who has limited touches. All right, let's do it. Let's talk fan league update. All right, who wants to who wants to go first? Who wants to usher the first person in? You know what? I feel like I feel like Alex we should as the OG, OG league, OG league OG probably. Should, you should announce, got first call? You should okay. announce our uh, So it's selfish. Well, first, uh we selfish. <laughs> remind everybody <laughs> yeah. the the leagues are ongoing and you can still submit just rate and review the podcast on iTunes or your app or whatever. We will look at them there. It also helps to take a screen grab and tweet it to me so I can favorite them because that's a quicker way for me to get to them. And sometimes I think that it's a little clunky on iTunes looking at all the reviews, especially because thank you guys for pouring so many in. It's been the, the you know, the response and support has been awesome and it's fun guys reading, rock. fun reading what you guys think. And, you know, you're the reason we're here anyways. But all right. So, Marcus, we had decided on, uh, let's see, was it the last one I sent you, I think? Or? I believe it was the last okay, one. Okay. Hold on. Slack. Um, I know it remains nameless on uh, the ATN podcast, but it's just moving a little slowly for me here on my computer. Oh, no. We don't have those sort of grudges here. We're going. We're going with the game one, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. Correct. So this review came in from. Oh, great! Now I pulled it full. John screen. Worth. There we go. Wait, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Eric Kepke. Wow. That's sorry, for the, sorry for the. Sorry for the. Sorry, John. At, okay, Steve Harvey. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh. Wow. Good thing we let you guys go first. <laughs> you're actually the runner-up. Oh. So that doesn't mean you're out of the running. Oh. Eric Kepke is at, at M Movers on Twitter, I believe. So, uh, rated the podcast one of the most entertaining fantasy podcasts. My wife and I listen to a fantasy football podcast. Um, and while some of the shows may get down to some statistics faster or use a system, these guys make it the most fun. 
Uh, my wife now dislikes all other fantasy podcasts except this one because these guys are just way more entertaining. We appreciate that. Thank you. Attaboy. They give shouts out to our arguments or random things, stuff like March to 1100 and Danger Zone. It says these guys take their job seriously but not themselves. And now, yeah, buddy. The, the reason the reason Eric and uh, maybe his wife, if they want to co-manage the team, are getting into the OG Fan League is okay. because he said that they have, with the show coming out on Tuesdays and Fridays, usually on Fridays they use the show for a little weekend game. Uh, and the rules change a bit from week to week depending on hot players and whatnot. But the current rules are one drink, parentheses, of soda, comma, sure. Of course. Of course. Uh, anytime you hear fantasy freaks and geeks. Which means they start the show off uh, hot. Yeah. Adam, <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> Adam Rank appears on the show. I mentioned Green Bay, the Packers, or Wisconsin. James' opinion has switched long term, as in 2015 you were early QB, now you're late QB. Anyone, <laughs> anyone uses the term stud or freak? Mentioning bad busts from last year, like Abdullah Lacey, anytime someone uses the word suspension, Jeez. James says man. Uh, you are going to be on the ground. Well, that's why man. they do that's it on why Friday. Drink, and that's why they drink ah. so We're going to have a crazy sugar two, rush. Two drinks. Anytime Harmon mentions Alan Robinson or someone mentions <laughs> Harmon and Robinson. I thought that was aggressive. Two drinks for that? That's yeah, that's a lot. You haven't yet today. Adam Rank mentions professional it's wrestling. Early. James switches his opinion mid-show. Oh, Any, yeah. Anyone says tangent <laughs> okay. or this show went off the rails, so that's me. This is usually you. <laughs> Every episode. Uh, Fabiano <laughs> mentions points against a team specific to a position. Uh, Danger Zone and March 1100 are mentioned. Okay. Three drinks. James mentions 40 times or other comments. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, Gostkowski is wow. mentioned as a draft choice before the 13th round. Okay. We comment on the way someone on the show looks. Harmon's beard, Franchise's beard, shirts with ties, etc. Or Gronk is mentioned. Wow. And then four drinks. Anyone, four. anytime, anyone, usually Alex, gets excited about Tyrod Taylor because they're Bills fans. Of course. So, you know, oh, Bills, oh, Bills Mafia nice. goes, goes hard in the paint. But, God. All right. So the first entrant then into the OG Fan League for 2016 is Eric Kepke at MMoverEZ on Twitter. So hit me up. I'll be reaching out to uh, get your info for the league. And the reason I like that is that it is clear. That dude, they listen. Yeah, listen. They wasn't just solid review. You know what? Holy not, cow! Everybody else don't don't tweet in making a game now, but you know their review at the top was was nice and stuff. Anyways, but that was just a fun thing, and you know, for, the, for the first one. But the fact that they were referencing stuff from way way back. callback caught <laughs> your attention. That's they, the whole point. That is solid. All right, All right bearded league. league. Give me a give me a guy. Armin's got, got it. Armin's got, got it. it. Yeah, right, this is this comes from iTunes commenter C Allen. Six two five. Uh, the subject was love peanut butter, <laughs> <laughs> and you're still and you're still uh, you're gonna, still rolling is, with it, this huh? Is, this yeah. ha- see, this yeah, is, uh, like the previous uh, commenter said. You know, we don't take ourselves seriously here. This I'm gonna get slammed several times in this review, but that's why I like it. It's a good group of guys with great football. Uh, dot dot dot. Doesn't fill out screen. But anyways, uh, wife says facial hair is the woat. So sorry, <laughs> franchise and boy, young boy Harmon. That's a living the stream throwback. We'll explain that. Uh, look forward to the pod each week as it has a great balance of analytics and banter. Although the true champ of the fantasy stronghold is whoever can keep rank from going off on tangents. Would love to join one of the leagues if possible. Keep it up, fellas. Nice. Okay. You're so in the beard league. You're See, in the Alan, beard league. even though facial hair is the woat, according to your wife. If you're in the beard league, okay. yeah. it's a contrarian play. We'll see if it works. It's out. A <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like it. Uh, I will name somebody into the danger zone league. Danger zone. And keep in mind, we're uh, going 16 teams here, so you're gonna have to get some deep knowledge. Uh, you're gonna have to t- pick up some danger zone players late in the like draft. Cameron Bright. Oh yeah, let's get it going. Uh, how about at Robbie Steves? The reason he's gonna get into the league. 
Uh, forget about the review. I, I don't even know what the review is. What, where, what's the review? What is it, five stars? Uh, don't worry about it. Great, sh- great show makes you feel uh, like you're there with them. Okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> the real reason Robbie Steves is getting into the league, he just murdered MS Paint. And he created a wheel that said, who does James Coe hate the most? We refer to it as the Wheel of Hate now. It is the Wheel of Hate. Um, It is just a simple wheel. Uh, It's got Eric Decker, Jonathan Stewart, Melvin Gordon, Josh Gordon, Mark Ingram, the Chicago Bears backfield, and... Matt Harmon. Oh. Matt Harmon, who's an idiot. <laughs> yes. Uh, the fact that you took time to, uh, again, murder MS Paint, kudos to you, man. Kudos to you. Uh, yes, no, absolutely. Uh, Robbie At Robbie Steves, you're in the danger zone league, kid. Woo! Nice. Congratulations. All right, so, and to everybody, you know, you don't have to come up with something crazy like this. Straight, heartfelt reviews can also make it as well. Absolutely. Just keep them coming. And if you... Tweet it at me, and I didn't favor it or anything. Just tweet at me again. Like, keep right. it going. Mentions are busy sometimes. Got other crap going on. So you have to stay on it. Subscribe. You have to rate and review. And again, you don't have to leave five stars. It doesn't make a difference. You can leave a one star. I don't care. If your review is funny, you got it, a good chance. Yeah, it can say bruh. Like, James, stop saying bruh. Alex, <laughs> stop talking about Wisconsin. This podcast sucks. It's all good, as long as it's funny. You're not yeah, getting in the Beard fun. League if you say the podcast sucks. Sorry, spoiler alert. Hey, well, first of all, if you say the podcast sucks, that's not a great take. No. That's not a great take. Yeah, it because it's wrong. <laughs> podcast, podcast is awesome. Wrong. Uh, subscri- I don't care what you do, but you've got to subscribe, you've got to rate, and you've got to review the podcast to be considered for one of those three leagues, the OG, the Beard, or the Danger Zone League. All right, let's do Daily Daps. Get out of here. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Daps and Hook. Give me Daps because I'll be scribbling right Give me all right, Daily Dap time. Who should we start with? Should we start with the Magical Beard of Fantasy? Yeah, I'll go first. All right, let's go. Just kind of piggybacking off this whole uh, review the podcast to get in the leagues thing. Okay. Made me realize we're getting so much great feedback, and Gelhar already mentioned this, but Daily Daps to all the listeners and our fans around the globe. Because we're getting reviews from, from like New Australia, Zealand, and New Zealand, yeah, Austria, all, all, too. All England. over the place. It's really That's cool. Great. And thanks... And it makes me feel warm inside when you guys have good things to say about us. So Adam. daily daps to all our fans and listeners out there. Thank you very much. Woo. Matthew Harmon. Yeah, I'm going to dap uh, listeners too, but to, not to this podcast. Uh, but thanks again. Uh, to, to <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was I didn't realize Francis weird was turn of events. Steal, steal the thunder there, but um, no. To the people that have listened to uh, my podcast, the Backyard Banter podcast, all off season, uh, we will be releasing. We, I mean, we by me. Uh, hey, Charlie plays a part. Charlie does do something. I don't know what, but uh, he barks once in a while. He is there and looking good too, by the way. Uh, so we're, we're we're releasing the last episode of the podcast next week. It's been a really fun off season project. Uh, so it, it, the, all to all the guests who have been on there. Thank you so much to all the people who have listened. Really appreciate it. I did not expect it to get as much interest as it did, but I'm very happy with it. And uh, so, yeah, thanks. Good stuff. Nice. 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 MG, and we'll God. have a season two, too, by the way. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, my, 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 you guys have been so uh, altruistic with your, your daily dabs. Yeah. Not me. Bring, nope. it, ba- bring it back down. Um, I'm going to daily dab, I, and I've, I think I've dabbed him before. Uh, Rick Remender, who is yes. currently my favorite comic writer. 
Um, everything that I've picked up by him has been gold. And uh, a couple new, couple recent things that I've read that I really love. He just put out the first volume. I guess it was out a couple months ago uh, of a new one called Tokyo Ghost, which I think is fantastic. I'm also reading the first couple volumes of Low which is really a departure from a lot of the other things he's done. Generally with, with his stories, it jumps right into the action and you just go. This one has been more of a slow burn, and so I've been really curious to follow that. So I got through the first two volumes, which has been absolutely amazing. And today, probably after I leave work at some point, I'm going to the store because volume four of Deadly Class came out this week. And of all the things I'm reading, and you know, reading a lot of good stuff, uh, you know, Alex and I you exchange books all the time. Um, Nerd alert. Nerd alert. Um, of all the things I'm reading, Deadly Class is hands down far and away my favorite. So I have been anticipating Volume 4 of Deadly Wait. Class for several, even more than Saga. I love Saga. That's what I was just about to ask. I love Saga. Love it yeah. a lot. Deadly Class to me is next level. Um, so Volume 4 comes out. Uh, I was I was derelict in my duty and did not go on Wednesday when it first came out. So I'm going to go get it today. Uh, and, so the uh, word derelict, by the way. I appreciate that. And so, uh, yeah, I don't I'm, even know if it's. I don't even know if you used it properly, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, so I'm fired up to go do it. But on, on top of that, more than that is uh, I actually read recently that Deadly Class is being converted into, I believe, an animated series. So I am super, super fired up about that. I love Rick Remender. I'm a huge fan of him. I follow him on Twitter. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, just a, a little fave. Well, 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 okay. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's P- that. Please at me. The Wiz Kid from Wisconsin. Uh, I'm going to do a, a football-related Daily Dap and just okay. Daily Daps to the 2016 Pro Football Hall of Fame class, including oh, Brett nice. Favre, who I grew up watching, and Kevin Green, who was a phenomenal player, been on the list for a long time. Uh, you know Tony Dungy, Eddie DeBarlo Jr., uh, the whole the whole class. Like it's, I got, I was lucky enough to get to go to the Hall of Fame one year for this job and cover it from like a fan's perspective. So I got to see that stuff. It's a really cool weekend. And like if you're a fan and you've always wanted to go, or like somebody from your team is getting inducted, like go. It's so cool. Canton's a tiny little town in Ohio. You know they play the Hall of Fame game at like a high school stadium. The Hall of Fame's nestled right there off the hallway. Off the hallway, off the freeway. <laughs> it's 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 just a really cool atmosphere, and it's like this big first sign that, like, man, football is back. Yes. Like, guys are getting it's a true. shrine in the Hall of Fame. Right. The first, like, actual pads are clicking in a preseason game. Yep. It's it's a really fun weekend. And so daily daps to all the guys that, you know, poured their hearts and souls into football, entertained the hell out of us in our lifetimes, and uh, are getting enshrined in Canton now because of it. All right. Uh, I'm going to get daily dap nicknames because, obviously, if you guys listen to the podcast, I come up with a lot of nicknames. So I don't know why. Uh, I like doing it. I like Chris Berman. I like Chris Berman. Yeah, man. Chris Berman was one of my inspirations uh, to get into this business. He did a lot of nicknames. Thus, I do a lot of nicknames. Man, I will never forget watching NFL primetime on Sunday nights That like, was when I was younger. That, that was, was must-see built, television. Built my Sunday afternoons around it. And I know Berman sometimes gets a bad rap these days yeah, by some people. And no. I'm like, no way. He yeah. did so much, and he was so great. Like, yeah. rumbling, stumbling. Like, anytime Mike Allstott had a touchdown, I loved it. It was awesome. And that leads into my daily dap of Tom Jackson. Yeah, nice. Who is uh, stepping away. He, he was... Uh, uh, Chris Berman's running mate for a long time, and also one of the guys that uh, that I admired growing up. Uh, it just, man, they had such a great chemistry, and it was great watching them. And you know, he was the straight man to Chris Berman's, you know, crazy guy mm-hmm. uh, routine, and it was good, man. It was good stuff. Anyways, um, it, it kind of inspired me to think about uh, the f- well. First of all, uh, Matt Harmon's followers uh, are scary, <laughs> and trillions. The, the Harmard division. The Harmard division called. Um, I they th- that's when they get aggressive. Uh, generally, I like to call your your followers the Harmon. Nights. It just rolls off the tongue. Uh, the franchisees. I'm down with that. For the franchise. Yep. The Wizards. Might, goes, works pretty well. 
for Alex. We got the MG units. MGG units. That's pretty sick. That's pretty good. Way cool. I don't really have one for myself. What are the what are the co-followers? No, the cohorts. No, no, no. The cohorts. Pretty good. The the acolytes. The acolytes. Those are strong. These are strong considerations. Adam Ranka, who I forgot to mention originally, was the rank and file. Yep, makes sense. It's pretty good. But I will also anti-daily dap the NFL media bathroom. Worth worth an anti-dap. What is going on? With the there is one sink in the NFL media bathroom that just refuses to work. It is the laziest sink in all. So as an aside, every you know every couple weeks it seems to be broken down, and there's always a sign that says sink temporarily out of order. And I want to just take a pen and cross out the temporarily permanent, <laughs> and just say always. How about Fill just like cement? We, they should put a sign that says sink temporarily in order. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. right. <laughs> By the way, I've gone to that sink an yes. embarrassing amount of times and be like, oh yeah, that's right, it doesn't work. It, it is. Work. It is so bad. Uh, the bathroom situation, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. It's the worst place on planet. The funniest thing too is <laughs> they spent so legitimately – like four or five <laughs> months redoing this thing too. Uh, we had to always like it sounds such a first world problem. But we always had to like trek upstairs if we had to go to the bathroom and stuff. But we're like, man, this is gonna be great. They spent they spent so right. much time on this bathroom. It's yeah, gonna yeah. be awesome. Nope. No. No. Not the case. Not, uh, by the way, when they were remodeling this thing, uh, and we had to trek, we called it Mordor when we had to go into that bathroom. Climb up so the mountain. Climb up to climb Mount up. Doom. Uh, uh, the thing is, by two p.m., when the entire NFL media, it smelled like Mountain Doom. <laughs> it was. Uh, a not pleasant, oh, a yeah. not pleasant place. Uh, and what a way to end the podcast! <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> this is what people are tuning in for. <laughs> hey, it's not poetry, at least. Uh, so oh, there you go. Uh, for the Whiz Kid from Wisconsin, for the franchise, MG Mike Marcus Grant, for the wide receiver prognosticator, Matt Harmon. I'm James Scott. We're out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.